Hello everyone, this is The Frog and the Dragon, a podcast dedicated to all things Magic the Gathering. I'm Rupert Fliegen, and I'm joined by my lovely host, Ben Gofoyle. Ben Gofoyle, hello. So today we Hi. are following up on our series focusing on the construction of a cube, and today we are going to talk about archetypes, especially um, allied colors archetypes. So, Indeed. Ben, why don't you get yes. started? So yeah, so the allied colors, just uh, just as a quick rundown, are Azorius, Demir, Rakdos, Gruul, and Selesnya. So we're kind of breaking down the cube construction into two halves, mm-hmm. uh, like say, ally and enemy colors. And each of those color pairings is going to represent an archetype. Now, of course, you can design a cube with you know less focus on color, but color is a very nice, intuitive way to sort of design your cube. So we're going to go with that. Before we actually go into exactly what these colors are going to be in our cube, first of all, we just want to talk about how many cards you put in your cube. So for the sake of this series, we're designing a 360 card cube, which Mm -hmm. would be regarded as a small cube. And our kind of rough breakdown is we're doing 25 cards per archetype. So 25 devoted cards to the archetype. Mm -hmm. Um, If the card doesn't fill the archetype, doesn't go in it or it'll come under another heading pretty much we've got 20 slots set aside for each color for just general good stuff Mm -hmm. so like you know if you want to play counter spell you want to play ponder and preordain in blue you know that's fine that goes into good stuff um we've got about 20 slots set aside for colorless Mm -hmm. that's going to be a little bit higher than that because one of our archetypes is actually an artifact archetype so that'll be pumped up a little bit and then finally, there's going to be 20 slots set aside for non-basic lands. Yeah. So mostly they'll be dual lands of some description. Okay, so, but today we are pretty much focusing on the signposts cards. Exactly. So the archetypes that we've set aside for our uh, our colors are, we've got in Rakdos, we've got Aristocrats. In Demir, we have a Tempo deck. Azorius is Artifacts. Selesnya is going to be a Bogles and Enchantress style deck. Mm-hmm. And Gruul is going to be a Colors Matters aggro deck. So, yeah, let's get, kind of get into that. And I kind of focused on the ally colors, so I'll probably be doing a good bit of the talking <laughs> here. But, um, again, Rupert, jump in if you uh, want to kind of poke poke fun at any of my choices. Oh, I will. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so want to get us started so yeah, on that, Azorius. Yeah, so Azorius, as I said, is going to be the artifact type. And I think a good way just to get a flavor of any cube is to look at the multicolored cards that support it. So in the case of Azorius, we've got three multicolored cards. We've got Hannah Ships Navigator, Raph Caption Ships Mage, and mm-hmm. Arcanist Owl. Mm-hmm. So let's run through these real quick. So you can kind of get a flavor of what the Azorius artifact deck wants to do. So Hannah Ships Navigator is a three mana one two legendary creature. She has pay one a white and a blue, tap her, and return an artifact or enchantment from graveyard to hand. Mm-hmm. So already this kind of gets your head turning a little bit thinking about some sort of a, a Graveyards Matter Artifacts deck. Maybe something like a KCI deck, or maybe you're just getting value by trading artifact creatures in. You know, you're making bad blocks, but you're just getting them back with Hannah anyway, so you don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raph, then, on the other hand, is a 4-mana 3-3 with Flash and Flying, and he gives your historic spells, your artifacts, legendaries, and sagas, Flash. Yeah. So this is great, because... If there's no, one thing a blue deck loves, it's casting things at instant <laughs> speed and giving your opponent a really hard yeah, time. And seeing that, that he himself got flash, that this can yeah, result in a really, really devastating turn in your exactly. opponent's turn. 
Yeah, like you're in almost a weird position of your creatures have sort of pseudo flash mm. in a sense, in that like you're flashing them in at the end of your opponent's turn when they're least expecting it, and then suddenly you're able to just swing in the turn they've entered. Yeah. Um, and finally, Arcanist Owl is four hybrid Azorius for an artifact creature bird. It's a 3-3 with flying, and when it enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your deck, and you can reveal an artifact or enchantment from among them and put it into your hand, and then you put the rest in the bottom. This is just nice. It lets you dig. It's an artifact itself, so it can help with some of the other cards we're going to see here in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And in general, it's a little bit of a solid... It's a solid enough body. 4-4 four, four flyer. Can't complain. Yeah. Um, it also has a little bit of weird synergy with the Enchantress deck as well, because by being hybrid Azorius, while the Azorius deck can easily play it, the white-green Selesnya deck can also mm. take it, because it also does search for enchantments, not just enough. Now, granted, quadruple white is a bit harder than hybrid white-blue, but, you know, there's a little bit of competition there, which yeah. I like. Uh, while we're in Azorius, uh, while we're in the artifact deck, let's just point our finger a little bit at some of the artifacts themselves to kind of give us an idea of what to expect here. So, mainly it's artifact creatures we're looking at here, and so you've got some really nice payoffs for this deck yeah. In the form of things like Frogmite, a four mana two two with affinity for artifacts, and Mirror Enforcer, a seven mana four four with affinity for artifacts. So if you have enough artifacts in play, these guys are free. Yeah. Beautiful. You also included Sorry. quite a lot of big beach beaters, didn't you? Like, for I'm looking sure. at Worm Coil Engine here. Um, absolutely. I don't know. Did you end up putting a Blight Steel in it too? I did not put a Blight Steel in partially just because of budget constraints mm-hmm. in that like i'm trying not to go too crazy with expensive cards but definitely a blight steel will be a great include yeah, fair enough. um but yeah the other thing as well is something that keeps an artifact deck in check because let's be real worm engine class card and the artifact deck being able to play things like Joria's familiar yeah. to reduce the cost of artifacts yeah. and ethereum sculpture to reduce even further that's great but Worm Call Engine's a hotly contested card. Yeah, like, sure. Everyone's going to sure. take the Worm Call Engine if they get yeah, the chance. absolutely. So that's kind of something that allows me to put some high-value artifacts in mm-hmm. here because, you know, it lets... It sort of self-balances by allowing other people to take it. Yeah. And also, just for a bit of fun, I also have Karen Sign of Urza. Um, lets you create tokens equal to the... Uh, a token with power toughness equal to the number of artifacts you control. Mm-hmm. So that's just something that's kind of neat to me, and I like that as a. Li- I just like planeswalkers, <laughs> so here yeah. we are. Uh, with that in mind, let's move swiftly along then to uh, Demir. Okay. So I heard ninjas. Demir has a ninjas is something we definitely like in Demir, and I don't think I have any multicolored ninjas, unfortunately. But ninjas definitely do make a showing in the mono blue section of the cube mm-hmm. here. So we've got things like um oh god what's it called um ninja of the deep hours it's a four mana two two ninja that has when it deals damage to a player combat damage to a player i should say you may draw a card it also has ninjutsu for Mm. two so if you you may return an unblocked creature you control to your hand and put ninja of deep hours into play tapped and attacking so really nice you know if you can get in with some evasive creatures you're just drawing cards you're having a good time so I don't know if I mentioned actually, Demir is the tempo deck. So you really want to be getting in things like this creature out for free, or not for free, sorry, for cheap, and getting advantage of it. 
There's also things like Looter Ill Core, a two mana one one with shadow, which uh, means that it can't be blocked unless it's another unless it the uh, eh, sorry it it has shadow, which means it can only be blocked by other creatures with shadow. So basically, it's flying, but even better because there's not many shadow cards in the cube, let alone in Magic's history. Mm-hmm. And again, it it uh, draws you a card, discards a card when yeah. you deal damage. So seeing that tempo is quite dependent on evasive creatures, do you have any examples mm-hmm. of... Yeah, like prime examples for evasive creatures you put into the blue or black colors? For sure. Well, in terms of evasive creatures, blue always has uh, a bit of a potency for flying. Yeah, so you've got stuff like Cloud of Fairies, which does double duty here in this deck by one, being evasive, and two, being a creature that two mana one one when it enters you untap mm-hmm. two lands so it's essentially a free creature and it's a flyer so you can again get things like your your ninjas into play unblocked. yeah they're like the prime delivery service exactly going back to the actual um demir the multicolored spells we've got things like demir infiltrator mm-hmm. a two mana one three that can't be blocked straight up just yeah this is just going to chip away no yeah. problem it can also be transmuted mm-hmm. it has transmute for three so you can pay three mana and discard it and search for a card equal to its converted mana cost. So you can search for a two drop in this case. You've also got things like, um, oh God, where is he? Uh, You got Hostage Taker, four mana, two, three, fine enough body, and it also exiles another artifact or creature until Hostage Taker leaves play. And your opponent can't, and you can also cast it yourself by spending mana of any color. So you get to steal, you get to remove something, you get a two, three body, and you also get to cast that if you choose to. So it's almost like a it's almost like a removal and card advantage wrapped up into yeah. one creature. It's really good. I yeah, it's it. like a yeah. standard well not format standard, but like it's, it's not former sta- former standard all standard. Yeah, it's it's like a general demand um, staple from now on, I think. Yeah. Exactly. I will just give a word of warning for hostage taker <laughs> though. The card uh, as it's printed, if you have a paper copy actually has been has been eroded because people realize that the way hostage taker is worded at the moment you can play it exile itself it comes back and play it again exile itself play itself exile itself play itself you essentially get infinite flickers with hostage taker mm. by it exiling itself um but they eroded that hostage taker exiled other creatures um now but yeah word of warning if you have a hostage taker laying around <laughs> i suppose um Another thing in Demir is that it has some excellent, excellent yeah. removal. By now, it of course is paying its cost in the form of it. A lot of it is specific colors. So you've got cards like Tyrant Scorn, a blue and a black for an instant that either destroys a creature with mana cost three or less, or you return a creature to its owner's hand. Like that's just the the flexibility yeah. is great. Drown in the Lock is a very similar effect, but kind of almost brought up mm. to eleven. Um, it's a blue and a black for an instant where you either choose to destroy a creature with mana cost less than or equal to the number of cards in in its controller's graveyard or counter a spell that has mana cost equal to the number of cards in that person's graveyard. So you're really... Like, I love the idea of putting a counter spell and a destroy effect on Mm -hmm. the same card because, you know, the blue deck struggles to get rid of stuff once it's in play or at least destroy it properly. The black deck you know, only has the option to destroy. Whereas with Drown the Lock, you've got both. So if you want to get rid of it now or later, you're fine. So <laughs> seeing that Drown the Lock is heavily graveyard dependent, do we got anything mm-hmm. to capitalize on, I don't know, mill or graveyard heavy strategies in your demeanor? 
I have not actually gone too heavy on any graveyard shenanigans mm-hmm. in Demeter, unfortunately. That's not um that's not my that hasn't been my um that wasn't mm-hmm. really a focus of it. Although Drown in the Lock was tactically chosen because there is a, a about three different kind of variants on aristocrats and reanimate ah, in this okay. So while it's not self-feeding, it does play well, hopefully, against some of the other decks where like you've got things you do have other decks that are known to self-mill mm-hmm. in this queue. Okay, fair enough. Um, moving on then from Demir, we're going to have a look at Rakdos. So Rakdos is an example of one of these um, aggressive aristocrats, I'm going to call it, or an aggressive reanimator deck, where I've got a couple effects in here aimed at destroying your little creatures and bringing them back and getting bits of benefit off it. And something that really exemplifies that kind of effect is Dreadhorde Butcher here. So the first card we have in our Rakdos section, it's a red and a black for a 1-1 one, mm. one with haste. And it deals damage. Whenever it deals damage to a player, you put a 1-1 one, one counter on it. And when it dies, it deals damage to any target mm-hmm. equal to its power. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, you're getting in, you're hitting, and then when it dies, you get yep. a benefit. Like, to be honest, even if this didn't grow as a creature, it would still be yeah. not bad. Yep. You know, a 2-mana 1-1 one, one that with haste, and then it also... You know, deals of damage with dice, that's fine yeah. in any But this way it's getting know? bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, the fact that it gets bigger and bigger makes it like absolutely like if you see this in your pack early on, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Or if it comes to you late in a draft, you're like, oh, no one's playing the aggressive aristocrats. Mm. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, moving on from here, we have Timoret the Murder King, uh, two mana, two, two, and it has two abilities. You could pay a red and one sacrifice a creature to have Timoret deal two to any to target player or you can pay one and a black to sack a creature and return Timoret mm-hmm. from grave to hand this is lovely it's a threat that can get rid of your little creatures so you know your dreadhorde butcher if you want to sack him for that damage sack him to Timoret get extra get an extra two damage on top of that and Timoret himself never goes away because you can just sacrifice stuff and yeah. get him back to hand really good granted you're paying mana for it but still the fact that he's a recurring threat is always yeah. really nice. Like his CMC is low, no. the CMC of res- like the manacles of his abilities. See, is low. Yeah, like like you're never upset with uh, yeah. with the Timoret. Like I mean, he's yeah. he's solid. Absolutely. Moving on, moving on. Then um, we also have Judith the Scourge Diva, another big signpost card for mm-hmm. that Rakdos deck, where she's a three mana two two. She gives your other creatures plus one plus zero. And whenever a non-token creature you control dies, Judith deals mm. one damage. So you can already see the synergy packing up. And we've just looked at three cards here. You know, let's say you have your Dreadhorde Butcher in play. You play Dreadhorde Butcher turn two. You play Judith turn three. Dreadhorde Butcher is going to swing in for two because of Judith's buff. And then if it gets blocked, it's still going to deal two damage because yeah. Judith is buffing it. So there's big synergy here, like letting you kind of get those, get that extra bit of damage. Or similarly, with um, something like Timoret. Like, if you sacrifice a creature with mm-hmm. Timoret, you're going to get the two damage off Timoret, and you're going to get one damage yeah. from Judith. And that damage can be split, because Judith deals the damage to mm-hmm. anything. So you have this really nice thing where it's like, you know, Timoret is essentially kind of like, it's an expensive lightning bolt, if you want to think <laughs> of it that way. But it's a flexible, expensive oh, lightning bolt. Um, but yeah. And uh, speaking of... The last sorry. two characters... No, oh, sorry, please. come on. <laughs> No, no, please. Uh, I was going to move on to the next card. Okay, so. uh, no, I, I was just wondering, uh, speaking of sacrificing, 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 and being in an, an aristocrat uh, package, um, 
What kind of sack outlets did you include? So one of the big ones is Altar of Dementia, which is uh, one of our colorless artifacts here. It's a two-mana artifact, sack a creature, and target player mills a number of cards equal to the sacrifice Mm -hmm. of the creature's power. And I kind of like this for because it it's a, the mill strategy is a bit more impactful in a draft. Even though there's no dedicated yep. mill deck here, the mill is a bit more effectual when you've only got a mm. forty card deck. So that's one of our big ones. Um, of course, you have Timoret himself, which is paying mana, unfortunately, for it. But hey, it's again well mm. worth it. Uh, other sacrifice things include things like Playcrafter, which is a once off when it enters. Everyone sacrifices a creature plane mm. or planeswalker. And then another big one then is, well, it's not a sacrifice outlet, uh, Skullclamp. Yeah. Big, big engine here where like Skullclamp ha- gives the an equipped creature plus one plus zero. And when the equipped creature dies, yeah. you draw two yeah. cards. Solid. And again, Rakdos is going to be the, out of all this sort of aristocracy decks, mm-hmm. Rakdos is probably going to be the one that has the cheap mm-hmm. CMC creatures. So, or not cheap CMC, yeah. Yeah. say low power toughness. You know, you being able to just kill your yeah. own creatures, great. Um, actually, a suggestion I think I would like to make. Um, Please. Did you think of adding Croxer to this package? Ooh, okay, so Croxer is your basic 2CMC 6-6 Titan uh, from the latest Thera set. Yes. Oh, and yes, I do. I think... Um, it synergizes. Actually, sorry. Let's 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 just give the full oh, definition yeah, sure. of Croxa. I remember what. It yeah, is, sure. For the Go people ahead. at home, give it. Give us the full. Okay. The full uh, da, da, da. I believe it is a red and a black it for is. a six-six. When it enters the battlefield, it sacrifices itself mm-hmm. unless it escaped. And also, when it enters the battlefield or attacks, each opponent discards a card. Yeah, I believe, and then. You can escape it, which is casted yeah. for from the graveyard by paying exactly. double red, double black, and exiling three cards. Uh, it is five cards, but yeah, close enough. <laughs> five cards, sorry. But yeah, so it's a creature that comes in and kills yeah. itself immediately for a very cheap cost, but then you can replay it from your so, graveyard at a later date. So here's so the Crocs thing why this synergizes um, so nicely with Rakdos Aristocrats. And that is not only because you will have plenty of bodies in your graveyard to actually escape it really early on, but if you manage to get your sack outlets out early, casting Croxer for two, you can, in response to his entering trigger, sacrifice Croxer and benefit twice of his cost cost. That is very true. Yes, you can sacrifice it to another thing. So you could play Croxer for two sack it to an ultra yeah. dementia and get that mill or sacrifice it to Yeheni, which we have here uh, to give Yeheni indestructible and things like that. So yeah, you definitely can have a bit of trickiness with it. All right. Um, I definitely would consider Croxa. I actually, to be honest, I forgot about the card even existing. Um, oh, you're definitely not playing standard then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the last two cards in Rakdos then that we have devoted to it anyway are Mayhem oh, Devil yeah. and Murderous Redcap. Mayhem yeah. Devil, real simple. Whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, it deals one. That goes really well with something like Playcrafter, which makes you mm. and the opponent sacrifice something. Because Mayhem Devil doesn't care who sacrifices it. It just yeah, cares that something was sacrificed. Card. Yeah. And finally, Murderous Redcap <laughs> is a lovely little four mana 2-2. Two, two. 
Uh, when it comes into play, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player and has persist. So when it dies, it comes back to play with a minus one, minus one counter as long as there was no minus one, minus mm-hmm. one counters already on it. So sick. Like, yeah. great little card. Like, you play him, deal two damage, swing, doesn't matter uh, what happens. Absolutely not creepy looking at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's cute. I, I, man, I would love it if I could buy like a little plushie. Yeah, he's real, he's sweet. <laughs> um, looking just at red and black in particular, um, there's also a couple little token generators in red. Things mm-hmm. like Siege Gang Commander, Commander. Although that might get swiped up by some of the other decks, but again, creating the little tokens would be great for things like Skull Clamp yeah. and just some sack outlets. And another card that kind of goes really well with this style of deck is Blood Artist. And there's oh, a couple yeah, other yeah. Blood Artist-esque effects in the deck. Whenever another creature dies, deal one, target mm-hmm. opponent loses a life and you gain a life. Aristocrats loves it. But we also have a more controlly Aristocrats deck in this cube, so they'll also want yeah. to take advantage of this Blood Artist. Um, nope. Sorry, did Not you have any you were going to say? Cool. Uh, moving along then to Gruel, our big boys in Gruel. Now, Gruel, if you actually look at the list and the list will be in the show notes at least the list in its current state um gruel features the most multicolored cards of any of the color combination that is because we have gone for a multicolor aggro deck now what i mean by this is there's a bunch of cards in this deck that benefit if you control other cards of other colors in particular red and green so just to name a couple of the really kind of great heavy hitters in this deck burning tree emissary a two mana two two that when it enters you add a red and a green it's basically a free spell you've got rip clan crashers just a two mana two two mm-hmm. pace that is a red and a green um pardon me you've got uh domery raid or sorry not domery domery anarchobolus the three loads planeswalker from war to spark that gives you mana to make stuff uncountable Classic. and fight stuff you've got so you've got all these multicolored things here. And then you've got, got actually a couple of cards that look a little bit strange at face value. There's one Jund card and one Naya card in this cube. Jund Hackblade and mm. Naya Hushblade. And these are cards that have, they are, in the case of Naya Hushblade, it's hybrid Boros and a green for a 2-1. And Jund Hackblade is hybrid Golgari mm. and a red for a 2-1. And they each have plus one, plus one, if you control a multicolored permanent and the Junt Hackblade gets haste yeah. and the Naya Hushblade gets shroud. So you're getting two mana three twos mm-hmm. with haste and shroud respectively if you have multicolored permanent. So that's why Gruul has these so many multicolored things. So you yeah. can benefit from these sort of effects. Uh, looking over just at the mono red here real quick, we've got things like Curd Ape, which is a one mana one one that gets plus one plus two if you have mm-hmm. a forest in play. Really sweet card. Again, you're getting nice stats for being heavily involved yeah. in your color combination. You've got, oh God, where is he? I can't find him right now, but there's a goblin that has plus one, plus one in haste as long as you control another red creature. Things like that really does um, yeah. does this deck wonders. Uh, but again, you need to make sure you have your colors on point, which to be fair, in a multicolored, in a 40 card deck isn't too difficult, but again, yeah. it is a slight downside. Looking at some of the other stuff in this deck, we've also got a Light Cascade package in here as well. By Light Cascade, I mean using almost all the Cascade cards in Gruul because there isn't that many Cascade cards in the format in general, or in Magic, I should say. Uh, these Cascade cards include Violent Outburst, 
which is a three-mana instant that has Cascade. For those of you that don't know, Cascade means when you play this spell, you remove spe- remove cards off the top of your deck until you hit a spell that costs less than the spell with Cascade's mana cost, and you cast it for free. So in the case of Violent Outburst, flip until you find a two-drop yeah. or a one-drop, and you just cast it. Sweet. Violent Outburst itself has, again, Cascade, and creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, until end of turn. And this might seem a little un- unassuming and underwhelming. Yeah, cool, it's a once-off anthem. I've seen decks, there's actually a deck in Pauper based on this, that I'd seen, He sw- this guy swung in for 17 damage with a Violent Outburst, cast it, and then flipped off the top for a lightning bolt to finish the opponent off. Sad. And it was just Sad. Mm, delicious. You've got you've got Fires of Yavimaya to give everything haste, and you can sack Fires of Yavimaya to give everything plus two plus two. Rhythm of the Wild mm. to get your choice of haste or counters. Bloodbraid Elf is your other cascade enabler, a four mana three two with haste, solid body, has the multicolor theme, and again, cascade to just give yourself yeah. so many threats on the table. A benefit of getting all these threats on the table is you can buff some of your creatures that really want mm-hmm. more creatures to come into play. Things like Experiment 1 and Pelt Collector, which gain power whenever another creature mm-hmm. of greater power enters. Yep. Solid, solid stuff. <laughs> do, do you about you wanted to ask about uh, the... No, I think it's pretty much straightforward so far. It, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Gruel Big smack. Um, actually, one other... One other card I'll mention, actually, in terms of the getting lots of creatures into play quickly. Oh, Impact yeah, Tremors yeah. is a really neat card that I hope it works out well. I don't know how, if it's actually going to be good, but it's a red and one for an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it yeah, deals one damage to your opponent. Nicely with Rakdos. You know, like, you will be casting a lot of yeah, small exactly. creatures there. Even think about Timoret. Like, you play Timoret, you, he gets sacrificed to something. You get Timoret back recast him yep. again you know there's there's potential or actually speaking of with the murderous red cap you're yeah. getting extra damage off him too um but yeah um really solid card i hope it turns out well in the case of the gruel deck i very much see the world where you go mm-hmm. play burning tree emissary yep. which is again basically a free spell two mana two two get yourself two mana use that mm-hmm. two mana to cast two one drops Suddenly, your turn two has gotten you at least four power and has gotten yeah. you four damage or three damage. Sorry, big fan, big fan. Um, finally, let's move on to Selesnia. And Selesnia is going to be our enchantress slash bogles theme. So, bogles is named after Slippery Bogle, is an archetype that bases around playing cheap, hex proof creatures, suiting them up to the teeth with auras and enchantments, mm-hmm. and just hit. You can think of it almost like a combo deck where you're trying to just get this one big thing and just swing with it. So with that in mind, uh, the cards in the in Selesnya itself are, are mostly enchantresses that, again, get a benefit when you play an enchantment. Satyr Enchanter is the big one. Three mana, two, two. When it enters, whenever you cast an enchantment, draw a card. Sick. You're just getting card advantage. Uh, you got Siona, Captain of the Pylees. Whenever an aura becomes attached to a creature you control, you create a 1 1 human soldier. Again, did you actually end up adding the time. white enchantment that Siona goes infinite with? I <laughs> have not. So the card in reference we're referencing here is Gift oh God, of Mortality. I, I can't think it is. Point being, it's, 
Gift oh, of no, Immortality. It's, not. it's, it's not. an enchantment sorry, that I'm gives sorry. the... Dif different infinite combo. <laughs> whatever. I can't remember the name of it, but it's double white and one for an enchantment that reads, the enchanted creature is indestructible, and whenever another creature comes into play, you can attach this yeah. enchantment to that new creature. And with Siona, you can play that enchantment. She spawns a 1-1. One, one. You move the enchantment onto the 1-1. One, one. That creates a new 1-1, one, one, and so on and so forth. And mm -hmm. you do it until you're sick of creating 1-1s. One, I didn't want to include that because I just... I didn't want to include any flat-out win-the-game combos in the cube. I wanted everything to just be... I wanted sort mm -hmm. of emulate kitchen table magic to a degree. Um, but definitely, if you're going for a more high-power environment, or maybe you just want to play combos, by all means, throw that in. Again, this is your cube. This is about how you want to play. This is just us. Um, in terms of other stuff we haven't have in this cube, we've got Calyx, Destiny's Hand, a Planeswalker from Theros that lets you search for enchantments with, um, with his plus ability. Solid. He lets you return enchantments from the graveyard with his ults, and he lets you exile creatures mm -hmm. or enchantments that you don't control. Sick. Just, yeah. Removal and searches for exactly what the deck wants. In terms of the actual enchantments themselves, you can find a lot of them in yeah. mono white and mono green, but one of the Selesnia ones itself is actually Armadillo Cloak. A 3-mana 2-2 gives the enchanted creature plus 2 plus 2, trample, and whenever the enchanted creature mm -hmm. deals damage, you gain that much life. This is a weird one because the wording on that is based, it sounds a lot like lifelink, but it isn't lifelink. This card was actually printed before lifelink was a keyword. So actually, if you have a creature with lifelink and you equip it with armadillo cloak, you will oh, gain boy. double the life essentially. Yeah, really sweet. Um, but yeah, armadillo cloak's just solid. Gives essentially two keywords and plus two plus two. Looking at the actual enchantments themselves, the auras, you can see in green we've got Rancor, a lovely one mana plus two plus oh enchantment and trample. And when Rancor's put into the graveyard, you just return it to its owner's hand. So it's just always, you're just always going to have that plus two buff mm -hmm. every time you need it, you know? You got Spider Umbra, which gives plus one plus one and reach, and also has Totem Armor. I love Totem Armor, which for those of you that don't know, if an enchanted creature will be destroyed, instead remove all damage from it and destroy this aura. So if your big, massive bogle is going to die somehow, you can just re remove the Spider Umbra and it's safe. Solid. Ancestral Mass then gives the enchanted creature plus two plus two for each other enchantment in play. Again, solid. It's a bit of a weird one though because it does nothing on its own. Like if you top deck this and you're in kind of, you know, your top deck mode, that it doesn't do much work for you. But hey, still pretty sweet if you have the enchantment. Did you end up adding a lot of enchantment um, creatures? I didn't have too many enchantment creatures. One of the notable ones I will oh, say yeah. is Eidolon of Countless Battles. It's um double white and zero and sorry, double white and one for a zero zero mm. enchantment creature. It has bestow, so you can cast the spell as an aura by paying two and double white. Eidolon of Countless Battles and Enchanted Creatures. Sorry, Eidolon of Countless Battles and Enchanted Creatures get plus one plus one for each creature you control and plus one plus one for each aura you control. So he gives just big buffs. Um He's the main enchantment creature I, I play. I don't think I actually included any other enchantment creatures. I just... None of them struck me too heavily. I'm more so focused on the actual buffs themselves yeah. rather than enchantment yeah. creatures. 
I will say though, one other um, enchantress mm-hmm. I do want to point out because I just love it so much. Core Spirit Dancer. One in a white for a zero two. It gets plus two plus two for each aura attached to it. And whenever you cast an aura, you may draw That's a, a lot of value. Ooh, and they boy. say white doesn't have card draw. Two mana zero two, cast Rancor, draw a card. And also Rancor now will give it, yeah. it'll get now plus four plus two. So, yeah. So in the case of this and Rancor, you're getting how much stats? You're getting plus two plus two and the plus two up the Rancor. You're getting a, you're getting a six four for three mana and you draw a card. What? Yeah. Oh boy. Like that's good. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Like Core Spirit Dancer. I, I see this <laughs> doing lots of work. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that is. Oh yeah. One other card I will. I also want to point out. Um, there's one Cynic card here <laughs> that is deceptively not a Cynic card. Slippery Bogle, which is the name that Bogles comes from, is one hybrid Cynic for a one one. And Slippery Bogle can't be the mm-hmm. target of spells or abilities your opponents control. Hexproof. And yeah, this is a great card. It goes into Bogle's decks, but our Bogle's deck is going to be Selesnya, not Cynic. So this is a weird one in that, like, you know, you kind of have to... Yeah. You kind of have to know that, like, this is for the Selesnya deck, not for the Cynic deck, but We're I playing it as a you know green card. I want to include it. It's essentially a mono green card in our cube, yeah. Unless you want to build a bank. You never know. Deck. You never but know. Yeah. That's um yeah, you never know. So yeah, that's kind of the quick rundown of some of the cards that I just really wanted to bring to everyone's attention that we're playing. But of course, there is hundred and sixty-five cards so far in the cube, just out of the yeah. stuff that I've added for the ally colors. So there is a whole list. So if you want to check it out, you can look in probably the description of whatever podcast client you're looking for. Or if you just look for Frog Dragon on cubetutor.com, Frog Dragon, all one word, you should be able to find the list that way. But um, yeah. yeah, next time we're going to go over the enemy colors. Uh, that's going to be mainly <laughs> Rupert doing a lot of My talking there. Will come. And from there, exactly. So we're going to talk about the enemy colors and then probably... After that, we're going to start discussing filling out your cube. Once you have all your archetypes decided, yeah. how do you kind of fill in the gaps? But in the meantime, I've been Rupert. This was been the ben. Frog and the Dragon on Allied Colors. See you next time.